1: terms and conditions apply.
0: Hey everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. or call 562 314 4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly, a production of iHeartRadio. <laughs> I'm now
1: for Fantasy Football Weekly from iHeartRadio, your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy speculation and advice. Now, along with the guys from Fanball.com, here's the host for Fantasy Football Weekly, Paul Charchian.
2: It is time for America's longest-running fantasy show, Fantasy Football Weekly. I am your host, Paul Charchian, and my co-hosts today are Scott Fish and Matt Harrison. Hello, gentlemen. What's going on, Charch? Egad! It's Fantasy Football Weekly. Egad! Bad. Yeah.
3: is it be- I, I, don't know. I don't know. It just it popped into ad, my brain. Thing?
2: Okay. Over yep. the course of today, we're going to break down every game fantasy style like we like to do. You get letter grades on all your fantasy players, and we'll explain... The rationale behind each letter grades. So you can decide if we're right or if we're wrong and make your own decisions. We'll also answer three tough questions. We'll give you nine players upon whom you can take a chance. And we will jump into our time machine and identify the players. Everybody will be looking to pick up off the waiver wire next week. But... They will already be on your squad. Blammo! I can't find my time machine soundbite. <clears throat> there throat> we go. Okay, there's the time machine. Yes.
3: Ooh, that must have happened Dang. last week when I was gone. Yes, that nice. we
2: invented a time machine. <laughs> we, have, we upgraded from the blammo to that super sophisticated sound right there. We have done
4: nothing good with that time machine yet.
2: <laughs> That's probably true. Um, Let's jump right into the matchups, beginning with Arizona taking on New Orleans. Chase Edmonds coming up the big three-touchdown game. We don't believe David Johnson's going to go, but this is a much, much tougher matchup for Chase Edmonds this week, Matt.
3: Yeah, when your team signs Alfred Morris and Zach Zenner in the same day, it spells trouble for your uh, running back depth. So it looks Mm -hmm. like David Johnson's probably going to be out at least this week, if not for a while. Um, After DJ hit the bench... uh, after only three plays last week with knee, ankle, and back injuries. Chase toted the rock twenty seven times for one twenty six and three scores. He gets a B grade. David Johnson's a bench grade, even if he does shape up to go in this yeah, one.
2: If he's active.
3: Yeah, because you it can't could trust be trust him. It could be exactly what we saw last week. Mm-hmm. Um, no running back has topped eighty three yards against the ground against on the ground against the Saints this year. They've only allowed three total touchdowns to the position on the season, but Yeah, so why even the B grade? A running back has had at least five receptions against the Saints in four of their last five games. In a PPR, he's a solid B, and he's going to get all the work in this game, so I'm giving him a B. Okay, Uh, Larry Fitzgerald, he gets a B, and Christian Kirk gets a C if his ankle is healthy, but those are the only wide receivers we want. Uh, Regular slot corner P.J. Williams will miss a few weeks due to suspension, meaning Chauncey Gardner-Johnson will man the slot. Uh, Gardner-Johnson spent most of his first start manning up against Tariq Cohen last week and allowed nine catches and a Score. And there's a major difference between covering the 5 6 Tariq Cohen and the 6 3 Larry Fitzgerald. <laughs> yes, there is. Uh, Saints top corner Marshawn Lattimore won't go into the slot. He stayed outside for 98% of his snaps this season. So he's going to be wasted this entire game on like Keyshawn Johnson and Andy Isabella on the outside. So I like Kirk even if he goes. So Kyler Murray gets a C-grade. Uh, he's had at least 10 rushing attempts in three straight weeks. Yeah, we love that part of it. We do love that. He's scored twice on the ground in the last four. The problem mm-hmm. is the Saints are top five in quarterback sacks and hits, and the cards have allowed Murray to be sacked 23 times this season. Mm-hmm. That's not good for a fleet of foot quarterback yeah, either. No kidding. Um, still, there's opportunity for Kyle Arbage time here if he rack up racks up some fourth quarter points. Let's go over to the Saints side where Alvin Kamara is shaping up to a game-time decision now. He practiced uh, on Friday. That's a good thing. Um, I'm giving him a C grade and giving Latavius a B grade if Kamara sits and a C
2: if Kamara plays. Well, wait, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Latavius, if he's alone, gets the B. Why wouldn't he be an A at that point? Arizona's run defense, not good.
3: Um... They're OK. The matchup is positive. Mm-hmm. Similar dual threat backs to Kamara, like McCaffrey and Carson, each topped 140 total yards yeah. in the last month. But <sighs> Latavius isn't a really a dual threat kind of a guy. Uh, he did see 90% of the plays in last week's win against Chicago. And if he can take 32 touches and turn him into 150 total yards, that's fine. Uh, he might get to do that in this game because they're not going to need to pass the ball a lot. Yep. Speaking of passing the ball, we don't know if it's going to be Drew Brees or Teddy
2: Bridgewater. Yeah, it's, yeah. They, I don't like that they're being evasive about it. Like, they, I guess it's all strategic, right? Especially We're with such a make, good matchup. Make the Cardinals so you know, know. To plan for
3: both guys. If you got one <laughs> or the other. Um, It's better to have both, really, on your roster because we're going to know 90 minutes before game time who's starting this one. Um, Either way, either quarterback gets a B. Uh, He might Breeze might come back from the the thumb injury, but the Saints have a bye week next week, so Mm -hmm. it seems like they should rest him against the Cardinals at home and let him come back against Atlanta in Week 9. The Cards have allowed a passing touchdown every game and multiple scores in 5 of 7 and an average of 285 passing yards, which makes Michael Thomas an easy A, eight or more receptions in four straight games. And the only other guy, Josh Hill... I'm giving him kind of a secret. Are you asking? Are you asking? Are you telling us? <laughs> Jared he's Cook C looks grade? like he's going to be out. He, yep. Hill had three for 43 and a score, and the Cards have allowed eight touchdowns to the tight end this season. That's the most in the league by a ton. Uh, yeah. I, 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 if I Jared Cook's
2: out, Hill becomes a great dart throw or a yeah. DFS play on fanball. You bet. It's still gross. Ted Ginn's kind of in play too, but I'll talk about him later. All right, we'll uh, we'll learn more about that if uh, if Breeze does come back or when he comes back. You know, Michael Thomas has been perfectly usable, but what Breeze does is he, he opens up the deep part of the field that that Teddy doesn't generally get to. And I think we can get more deep passing out of, of Thomas. Fortunately, Teddy fed Thomas so much, it hasn't really mattered. Now, if, if you're the Saints with the bye week looming, I'm only putting Breeze out there if I he's mean, literally 100% yeah. six on and
4: hand. one at home against the Cardinals. It... Yeah. You don't you don't need Breeze to win, so
2: you know you wouldn't risk it whatsoever. I don't think, <laughs> uh, Scott. Let's go to Philly taking on Buffalo. Philadelphia is in a dire spot with a much uh, they really need a win here. Yeah. But Buffalo's pass defense is awesome. Tell me about how you feel about Carson Wentz in the passing game for the Eagles in this one.
4: I don't feel good, Bob. Mm-mm. Don't feel good about <laughs> Bob. Any... <laughs> Bob. <laughs> okay. not, not great, Bob. I don't uh, think so, Tim. Uh, not great, Bob. Uh, <laughs> I don't feel good. About really any of them, I have Wentz on the bench. The Bills have only allowed four passing touchdowns this year and just one quarterback over 250 yards. Conversely, Wentz is surprisingly thrown for under 260 in five of his seven. Yeah, like he's not throwing for a lot of yards. He does have some multiple touchdown games, but this is not a good matchup here. So I have Egler on the bench. Uh, he's going to see Taron Johnson in the slot, who is his, the wor- you know the easiest path of resistance or whatever. Right. Like it, it's a good matchup for him, but he can't be trusted to reel and pass. So, can't start him. Mm -mm. He's on the bench. Alshon Jeffrey, he's... I gave him a C grade, even even in this. I think he might be the only startable, just barely startable wide receiver. Yeah. Uh, Jeffrey tends to move around, so he's probably going to be able to avoid Tre'Davious White, who stays glued to the uh, to, to the left side of the field, ninety five percent of the time to the left. Yeah. So Jeffrey will move around. He plays forty seven percent from one side, forty two from the other, like nine from the slot. He's all over. Uh, so that that might open Jeffrey up just enough to give him a C grade. I'm giving a B grade. The Bills haven't really faced a murderer's row against tight ends mm-hmm. on their way to being the second-best team against tight ends. It's been a lot of... They've only allowed 17 receptions, but it's a lot of bad tight ends. Okay. Uh, the good news is Evan Ingram was one of those, the not bad tight end, and he caught six balls. So okay. there, there's hope for for Ertz. For he's gained double digit targets. So uh, be great on Ertz. Scott on the bench. Howard and Sanders also on the bench. Only two running backs have topped seventy yards against the Bills this year, and it took twenty touches for each of them. Wow. And one of them was named Saquon Barkley. Yeah, right. So <laughs>
2: yeah, I'm pretty sure Jordan Howard isn't Saquon Barkley.
4: No, I will say the the Bills uh, since Sean McDermott got there, they have now allowed. 38 or 39 touchdowns in his 38 games with them, or whatever, rushing yeah. touchdowns. So maybe Howard gets you a score. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, but I, I'm still having him on the bench. On the Bills side, Josh Allen's going to get a lot of A grades nowadays. I know the, this yeah, month is going to be good for yep. for Josh Allen. Um, he struggled a little bit against Miami, who randomly showed up for the first oh, half yeah. of that game. But he's always a threat with his legs. Uh, Rogers and Dak t- tacked on decent fantasy points against Philly with their league legs. And four of the five quarterbacks not named Luke Fock racked up multiple <laughs> touchdowns on Philly. <laughs> so uh, I think this is a, a good multiple touchdown game with some some rushing for Allen. Agreed. A grade there. Uh, B-grade for his main guy, Brown. John Brown does what... I like John Brown in this one. He does what Phillies D just can't stop. He gets Mm -hmm. deep. I mean, listen to this list of 30 plus yard receptions, 30 30 plus yard plays against the Eagles. McLaurin, Julio, uh, Julio twice, Ridley, Adams, Allison, Diggs twice, Cooper. Like they all had 30 plus yard receptions yeah. on, and that's just one play. <laughs> so uh, John Brown's going to get deep. He's the only trustable asset leading in targets, receptions, yards, and touchdowns with two, but <laughs> he Still, leads them with touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, the rest of the wide receivers are too hard to protect. They're on the bench. Gore is on the bench as well because the Eagles run D is surprisingly no joke. It's, it makes up for the past oh, yeah, dozen, It's good. Barely allowing over 3.3 3 yards per carry. So so the the backs are on the bench agreed
2: the chargers taking on chicago and it's a wreck for this chargers team with injury unfortunately <laughs> starting guard forrest lamp just went on ir now they're going to and get... i love lamp I, we love lamp yeah um and russell okung's going to come back for part of this game but he, they don't think he's ready to play a full game and it's uh, I've I've really pushed all of my all of my chargers down in my grading uh, fairly significantly in this one. The oh, the best player you could start though Hunter Henry In his two games back from injury he's turned into a top target for Rivers with 17 targets in the two games a 97 yard game and a 100 yard game for Hunter Henry rewarding those fantasy owners that stuck with him for all those games that he missed. The Bears are allowing 58 yards per game to tight end, uh, but no individual tight end has topped even 46 yards and only two have scored. So uh, just a B grade for Hunter Henry. And it only really gets worse from there. I got Philip Rivers on the bench. Wow. Yeah, you know, he didn't, um, Keenan Allen, but let me me start with Keenan Allen, why I don't like Allen, and that'll help make more sense for Rivers, maybe. So Keenan Allen didn't practice all week with a hamstring injury. It doesn't look like he's going to go, although he's a game-time decision here. Um, Allen hasn't exceeded five receptions or scored in the last four games, so it's been a disaster for Keenan Allen. The only positive for Keenan Allen, even if he does go, is that he works the slot. That gives him Buster Screen, who is probably the worst (laughs) player in the entire Bears defense. He
4: keeps Getting jobs, I know. How, I don't. I, I, don't, I, I, don't
2: I don't know either. Uh, Screen has at least allowed at least five catches in half of his games. He's given up two scores in his last four games. So there's your angle on Keenan Allen, but uh, with a hamstring injury, any play could be his last. So I've got a bench grade on him. And if I don't like Allen and the only receiver with a starting grade is Hunter Henry, I've got to put Phillip Rivers on the bench. Offensive line's a huge concern, the the Forrest Lamp part of it as well. But then, of course, the Chicago pass rush makes it so hard. Chicago ranks as the number two pass rush by Pro Football Focus. The Chargers have the 27th ranked pass block unit. Phillip Rivers is just going to be under siege in this game. And that's why I can't put a starting grade on him. Nor Mike Williams, who has zero touchdowns this year, and he's a totally touchdown-dependent player. And it's a Bills secondary that's given up just three, sorry, Bears secondary, that's given up just three scores to opposing receivers. So Mike Williams also on the bench. The one guy who might get help by all the dump-offs and the quick plays from Phillip Rivers is Austin Eckler. He's got the most targets, receptions, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns among all running backs. That should continue against a Bears team that's given up the fourth most receptions and the fifth most receiving yards per game to running back. So I do have a C grade in Austin Eckler. He probably won't get any goal line work if there is goal line work to be had. Although, why would you necessarily give Melvin Gordon the ball to goal line again after what happened last week? <laughs> oh, that's bad. Is Melvin Gordon on the Chargers next week? Trade
4: deadline. I would woman.
2: say. Seventy percent chance he's a Charger. Okay, that's just where I. That's my. That's my finger in the wind. But maybe he's a lion at this time <laughs> next week. It's not impossible. Uh, Gordon, um, the Bears have really felt the loss of defensive tackle Akeem Hicks in the past two games without him. They've been obliterated by Josh Jacobs and Latavius Murray, which you know we never saw coming, and especially yeah. in Chicago last week, Latavius Murray rolled them
4: i don't know i I had him as a start last week
2: nice job Uh, melvin (laughs) gordon uh gets a c grade here only because hakeem hicks is out let's flip over to the chicago side you only want to start two guys and one of them's pretty wobbly Allen robinson just gets all of the targets here half of chicago's wide receiver targets go to Allen robinson half he just beat saints corner marshawn latimer And he's got another tough matchup. He's going to get shadow corner Casey Hayward in this one. But if you can beat Marshawn Latimer for a good game, I guess you could do it to Hayward as well. Chargers have surrendered touchdowns to comparable receivers like Kenny Galladay and Devontae Parker and Cortland Sutton and Corey Davis. Corey Davis worked Hayward last week. So maybe there's a little something we can get done with Allen Robinson with a B grade. And then the trickiest grade that I had to give all week is this one. David Montgomery. Mm -hmm. I'm giving him a C. Well He had a two-carry game that's, last that's, week. Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> so I know it's going to be hard to put him in your starting lineup, but... Matt Nagy is under the gun to get a running game going. Everybody knows he's got to do it. The Bears have to develop the running game, and, and Montgomery the, is their main ball carrier, for as much as you can call 11 carries and 2 carries the past two weeks, the main one. And the best way to beat the Chargers is on the ground. They're a much worse run defense, giving up 4.8 yards per carry. This is a run defense you can beat. David Montgomery. One last chance. A starting grade. Tariq Cohen is on the bench. He gives you nothing on the ground. He infrequently helps on the air. And the Chargers have only allowed one notable passing game to a runner, James Conner. Otherwise, they've shut down a bunch of other receiving backs, and the entire rest of the Bears passing game is on the bench because you know who's that quarterback? We are in deep sad Trombonski territory. Can, can in I Chicago. run Chicago? Can
4: I run a different nickname by you? Yeah. Mitch Trashbinsky. Uh,
2: it's pretty good. It's pretty good. But you know I'm heavily invested I in know, it. I know, I yeah, know. Sad yeah, Trombonsky. Yeah. So I I'm probably not going to adopt it, but it is good. Yes. There's not a sounder
3: for Mitch Trashbinski. Trashbinsky. You, know, you
2: really there isn't an audio cue no. you can really give for that, no. I'm afraid, but yeah, we'll uh we'll leave it at that. Uh hey, when uh Everything Charge, available at fanball.com by going to fanballcom slash charge. You get instant access to my free weekly rankings, my free $1,000 weekly contest, all our podcasts like this one, and it's your portal to guillotine league info. Again, fanballcom slash charge Coming up next, a segment we like to call Take a Chance on Me: Nine Players You Would Not Normally Start, but You Can This Week. You are listening to Fantasy Football Weekly.
0: Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit slash iHeart. That's L E E S A dot slash iHeart.
2: the start of something new fantasy football weekly returns paul charchi and scott fish and matt harrison with you nine players not normally in your starting lineup many of whom are available on the waiver wire it is time for our royalty free version of take a chance on me when these sleeper quarterbacks running backs and wide receivers hit pay dirt you pay us exactly what we paid for this crappy song nothing zero nada or you could tip us by uh you know, shooting it to fantasy cares. Well, there's that. Yeah, there it is. We like it. If you, know. want to, if you want to try to monetize this yeah. segment, absolutely. Let's uh, begin at the quarterback position. Matt, who is your take a chance on me quarterback? I've got Mason Rudolph, who returns
3: from his scary concussion to something he was used to seeing in the preseason, a third-string NFL defense. <laughs> That's the Miami Dolphins yeah. And rule number one of take a chance on me Is use the quarterback yeah, playing yeah, yeah, the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins And the running back And the wide receiver yeah. and the tight end Yeah, they're pretty much uh, mm-hmm. pretty much bad uh, They've allowed 2.7 passing scores per game And have only one interception through six Rudolph has thrown multiple touchdowns In three of four games this season I like him a lot Alright
4: so I'm going to change midstream. I was going to do I was going to do a man that is now 38th all-time in NFL passing and just tied Bo Jackson for career rushing touchdowns. Ryan Fitzpatrick.
2: <laughs> Are you serious? Did he really? Yes, he wow, did. Last week. Awesome. Tied no Bo idea.
4: Jackson. I love it. But I'm I'm switching on the fly here to Ryan Tannehill, who faces a Bucs team that have allowed multiple touchdowns to quarterbacks in four straight. They're back to who they were last year. Mm-hmm. And since week one, they're allowing 350 yards passing per game to, to opposing you quarterbacks. You shouldn't have switched. Ryan Tannehill. Fitzpatrick's going to do better than Tannehill.
2: That was, you know, <laughs> as, we, as, we, as every fantasy very, very owner possible. Knows, the last minute Sunday morning 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 switch never works. We'll see if this last switch works
4: I've got Ryan Tannehill, quarterback 11. Fitzpatrick's a Monday Night Hammer, I suppose.
2: (laughs) There's that. And he can also be benched at half. So, you know, who's to say? Uh, My quarterback is... Derek Carr going up against Houston. Through injury and age, the Houston secondary regressing into one of the league's very worst. Aside from games against green quarterbacks, Kyle Allen and Gardner Minshew, the Texans are allowing 323 passing yards and 2.8 passing touchdowns per game. That's a lot. I would take that from Derek Carr. But you might be saying, oh, but it's Derek Carr. I don't want Derek Carr. Well, how about this? He's thrown multiple touchdowns in three of his past four games. Only the Bears and their elite defense has stopped him from throwing multiple
4: touchdowns. Gets the gazelle back.
2: He gets the gazelle back. Tyro Williams coming back. And he There's- almost scored a rushing touchdown last week almost, <laughs> he's no
4: Bo fumbled Jackson. it through the
2: end zone. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, he did fumble it through the end zone. He is no Bo Jackson. <laughs> he is no Bo ja- no no Jackson. He is a long way <laughs> off of Bo Jackson. Uh, let's go to our Take a Chance with Me running backs.
3: I've got J.D. McKissick of the Lions against the Giants. Uh, last week, rookie Ty Johnson led McKissick in touches 14 to 7, but McKissick was the more dynamic back. He gained almost the same amount of yards, in fact, a little bit more on half the touches than what, than what Ty Johnson did. Mm-hmm. And if Johnson fails to get it going, early, I could see this turning into a complete timeshare. The Giants have have had a major weakness against pass-catching backs as well, allowing almost 10 yards per reception to opposing backs over the last five games. This includes a nine-catch effort for James White and six catches for 86 from Dalvin Cook. McKissick is averaging over 10 yards per catch, including two for 31 last week. I think he's going to be in play in PPR
2: League's all right. Scott, your take a chance on me running back.
4: I'm gonna make it no I'm not. Uh Dar- Are you gonna change your mind now? <laughs> no, I'm not. Okay. Not on this one. Uh Daryl. you go, Henderson. Bo Jackson. No. Okay. Daryl right. Henderson every running back to log over 10 touches against the Bengals has topped 80 yards. And that's not a small its not a small number. 10 different backs in seven weeks have done that. Are you that. serious? Wow. Okay. 10 different backs. Wow. So you get over 10 touches, 11 or more. You're... Now, Daryl Henderson's has never had a 10-touch game. No, he hasn't. But He looked explosive so a couple he's due. weeks ago. <laughs> so he's due. But Malcolm Brown is out for this one. And uh, the Bengals have also allowed 10 running back touchdowns in seven mm-hmm. games. Uh, th- this is a game script where their are 12 and a half point favorites might be running it down later and it might be with Daryl Henderson uh give me him they're also the Bengals are bottom 5 in basically every running back category
2: right uh i'm with you if malcolm browns out Daryl Henderson's Oh, play he out. is. He's officially He's not ruled out. Officially out. out. Yeah. All right, perfect. Then I'm, I'm, I'm with you on yeah. this. Duke Johnson is the 1B in the Houston running attack. I like him here against the Raiders. They just allowed the Packers' backs to catch 10 balls for 102 yards and two touchdowns through the air. They've also allowed solid games to change-of-pace specialists in the past, like Nike Himes, Tariq Cohen. So I like Duke Johnson in a uh, in a game in which he will catch plenty of passes, and I think he'll uh, he'll add in a few extra rushing yards as well. Let's go to the receiver position. Usually that's wide receiver. Sometimes it means touch, uh, tight ends. Matt, who you got as your take a chance of me receiver this week? I've got
3: DK Metcalf, who quietly has led the Seahawks in targets over the last two weeks. The loss of tight end Will Disley might have added to this, as uh, Russell Wilson's looking for a big-bodied guy. And hey, there's DK Metcalf. Mm-hmm. Uh, Metcalf. Uh should match up with corner Isaiah Oliver, who's rocking a one thirty point four quarterback rating in his coverage. Wow, that's which bad. is good for fifth worst in the league. The Falcons are bottom five in the league in receptions, yards, and touchdowns allowed to the wide receiver position. Mm. All right, Scott,
2: your take-a-chance-to-me receiver is?
4: I'm going Deshaun Hamilton for the Denver Broncos. I like it. With with Emmanuel Sanders gone, Mm -hmm. that frees up a little over six extra targets per game. It was basically just Sutton and Sanders getting all the targets. I'm not afraid of Noah Fant, who keeps dropping the ball. Uh, Deshaun Hamilton in the slot, if he adds those five six targets to the two three he was already three he was already getting he could be a seven to, seven to ten target guy against an indiana indianapolis defense who has allowed the fourth most passing yards from th- weeks five through seven so the last three weeks
3: to that i read noah fant cut his own foot while cutting his tape off on friday oh, and wasn't
2: able to practice really so, yeah <laughs> i hadn't heard that Wor- one of the worst injuries in the history of the nfl
4: the kicker Nope. For the um, Jags. <laughs> ah. Was it the Jags or the Panthers? The, it, the was, the it was
2: definitely the Jack Del Rio Jags yeah, That, kicker yeah, 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 that with was the axe. that was bad with the axe. <laughs> this is similar in that it was a coach induced injury. Dang, this is gonna kill me. It this is Ooh. early nineties, late you know, maybe mid nineties. Um back in uh, there was a Dallas cowboy receiver who was who played opposite Michael Irvin. Um, and he was just this feel- Alan Bruce, Harper? Bruce 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 um, something. And he went, he went to Tampa Bay, mm-hmm. and at one point <laughs> he had his fingers taped together. And he went to the sidelines, and they were trying to untape his fingers, and instead they sliced his finger off what? Oh, on the sidelines instead of slicing the tape off. Ah, Bruce. Bruce, somebody's listening and knowing I know. Irwin? I can't I can't I I don't have a computer in front of me. Willis. I'm not gonna come up with it. Not Bruce Willis. I'm pretty we know. Uh Bruce Almighty. Dang it. Oh it's, oh, it's gonna bug me. Lee. If I take a chance with me wide receivers, Deontay Johnson. This is another in the series of pick on the Dolphins. But let's remember Deontay Johnson was trending very well. Before the whole Duck Hodges thing happened, when it was just Mason Rudolph, he had put together solid games with Rudolph. Uh, Dang, there's our our Duck Hodges. (laughs) Nicely done. There's Duck Hodges. Uh, Pro Football Focus ranks the Dolphins dead last in pass coverage and second to last in pass rush. They allow the most passing touchdowns, 2.7 per game, the sixth highest completion percentage, and they've allowed the most touchdowns of wide receivers. We will take the touchdown play with Deontay Johnson. Not bad. Um, Now... Let's go to our next matchup, Cincinnati taking on the LA Rams. Joe Mixon with his uh, 0.2 yards per carry last Boy. week. Matt, you know, before well now, yes. before we get started on this, this is a London
3: game and usually we bring in our London correspondent, yeah. Colin McCockney. Colin McCockney. Yes. Where we, is he? where is We he? don't know where he is. He missing in action. There's been a ransom letter. Yes. sent to us. I, I we he, they're demanding 10,000 followers for explosive output for him to come back <laughs> really? okay. on, on Twitter. So yeah, I, I don't know why. It's a unusual, very specific and unusual, unusual demand. Yeah. But, and uh, they
2: cut that out of the magazine. <laughs> yeah, and it, yeah the, You, you, know, you see it.
3: You know? yeah. uh, so I'm going to do my best Colin McCockney impression this week. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> so, not really. Um All right, Uh, Cincinnati's at the Rams in in old blighty. Uh, Mixon has done sweet Fanny Adams over the last few weeks, had 18 rushing attempts for 12 yards in the last two games. Let's average that out to nine times per game nine times nine times for six yards that's bad uh six yards in london is the equivalent of where you take a goal kick from in soccer unfortunately he's not playing footy andy dalton's also on the bench dalton has to be worried about being replaced in this game by ryan finley he's done an absolute bodge job over the last few weeks however if the Bengals just leave him in there he only has to wait seven short months for National Redhead Day in the U.K., <laughs> oh, which will take place on Saturday, May sixteenth, 2020. Uh, Tyler Boyd is the only Rams starter. He gets a garbage-time C and out and Tate's on the bench. Tate has got to be feeling really grotty about his matchup with Jalen Ramsey. And Boyd is third in the league in targets, and the Bengals seem to have no other path to scoring. Uh, let's go to the Rams side, where Todd Gurley... It's an A grade, and Daryl Henderson was Scott's Take a Chance on Me. Gurley's, uh, hes he's the dog's danglies in London. He's averaging 154 total yards and a score in his career London games. Okay, that was just one game against the Cardinals in 2017. The Bengals have allowed the top running back on their opponent's depth chart to top 100 yards or score in every game this season, and that's Todd Gurley. Uh, He returned to a full workload after taking a week off with the thigh contusion. He touched the ball 19 times against the Falcons. He's done next to nothing with his carries this season, but has scored six times, which ranks him sixth in the NFL amongst running backs. Uh, The wide receivers, Cooper Cup and Brandon Cooks both get B grades. Robert Woods is on the bench. Surprisingly, the Bengals have held up pretty well against wide receivers this season and have been actually good against the slot. Tyler Lockett is the only slot receiver to score against Cincy, and he was held to that only single catch in the Week 1 meeting. D.D. Westbrook did top 100 yards on six catches last week from the slot, though. Former first-rounder Darquise Dinard returned from the pup list last week and only allowed 21 yards in slot coverage in his first game back. Cup is still as bright as a button, though. Uh, He's averaging 11 targets per game. The weak spot for the Bengals is the deep speed receivers, and Cooks will match up against cornerback Tony McRae, who's been brutally awful in limited play this season. With only 13 passes thrown in McRae's direction, He's allowed 11 catches for 129 yards and a score. Maybe McCray gets knackered from all that running. Woods has one score on the season; and it's a rushing score. Yeah, outside, I know. What,
2: of a, what a wreck he's been this year. He's a yeah.
3: good player outside of the Didn't one huge game against Tampa, where he had like 164 yards. Mm-hmm. He's averaging 45 yards
2: per game. Gross. It's awful. I'm seeing him get dropped in leagues. Yeah, understandably, it's probably true. Uh, Sabotage. Gerald, Sabotage. it's not. It's so true. Sabotage. I dropped him in one league. There we go. Yeah. Gerald Everett is a
3: very weak C start. He's been out on the pole and scored in two of the last three weeks. Bengals have allowed only one score to the tight end position and only one tight end has topped three catches against them this year. So finally, Jared Goff, he gets a C grade. It seems like a good matchup, but it's a bit dodgy, as the Bengals have not allowed a quarterback to top 300 yards all season, and Goff's play has been a picnic short of a sandwich. He hasn't topped (laughs) two passing scores in a game this season, and when held to fewer than 40 passing attempts he's only averaged 216 yards on the season. If he doesn't get to 40 passing attempts... Two hundred sixteen yards. He won't get to forty this week. I don't think it's going to be a good week for Jared Goff.
2: No, it may not be. You've been uh, you've been on top of the Jared Goff situation from the beginning of the year. It's up and you down. Are, you were an early skeptic. Yeah, mostly that has paid off. All right. So his name's not Bruce. It's Alvin Harper. Do you guys oh, sure. remember? Alvin I said Alvin, Har- Alvin Harper. <laughs> you did? Yeah, I missed it. It's yes, it was Alvin <laughs> Harper who got his finger cut off on the sidelines, which has got to be. And, and Tampa That's Bay a signed a nine-fingered a wide receiver. Well, he was 10 at the time, at the point of the signing. <laughs> okay. Because you can't sign right with nine fingers. I wonder if they t- which finger it was, because that's kind of a big factor here, too. Uh, did you know Fanball has daily fantasy auctions? It's true. You love auctioning in the preseason. You will love auctioning for this weekend's games. Fanball auctions are fast-paced. They're frantic, incredibly fun. You bid on four players simultaneously against real-life opponents. Yeah, you can even win money. Fanball auctions, but just playing them and auctioning is so much fun. That's just good enough, even if you lose. Coming up next on Fantasy Football Weekly, we will break down more matchups, including Denver taking on Indianapolis. What can you expect from the Denver passing attack without Emmanuel Sanders? We'll tell you when we come back.
1: Terms and conditions apply.
6: Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep (sighs) expert. Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira hybrid mattress, named Best Hybrid Mattress 5 Years Running.
2: listening to Fantasy Football Weekly. I am Paul Charchi, and my co-hosts are Scott Fish and Matt Harrison. You can hear us over the air on many stations around the country, and this show is also a podcast available every Friday on all major podcasting platforms, including the number one destination for podcasts, the iHeartRadio app. Denver takes on Indianapolis, Scott, and as we alluded to going into the break, they're going to have to go without their best receiver. Well, their second-best receiver. Maybe they're, they're 1A and I guess 1B. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders no longer with the team. What do you think about Cortland Sutton and the rest of the passing attack here for Denver?
4: I don't exactly love Flacco, but I still like Cortland Sutton. I mean, mm-hmm. he has at least 75 yards in five of the seven games, including three straight. And India's, they're they are giving it up, as I mentioned with Hamilton. Five wide receivers over 100 yards, including three in just the last two weeks. Yeah. I still, I... You know, I want to give Sutton an A, but I think I'm going to lean B. I really do like him this week. I, a strong B. I don't like... I, I think Flacco's going to just do enough to support those two wide receivers, though, and not enough to have a good fantasy day for you, though. So I'm having him on the bench. Uh, only Derek Carr, Derek Carr and Mariota were the only two Q, QBs who didn't throw for 300 on Indy, but I put Flacco in that group, if not below. All so right. so uh, Fant is on the bench. Uh, needs to have a game over 40 yards before I even even want to start him no and and uh with lindsey and royce they are doing just enough to make each other miserable for fantasy owners uh colts haven't allowed a running back touchdown since week two no running back under 17 touches is even at 60 yards on I the know. colts it's what all passing so uh i'm benching both of them uh royce is getting more snaps more ca- nine catches in the last two games yeah it's not like him yeah yeah i don't know it's it's a it's a weird situation right now i'm, I'm still benching both i think here
2: i can't see i don't I have it in me to bench Philip Lindsay. I don't like him too much.
4: I think if you have to start one, it's Lindsay because he's still She's getting better. He's still getting more touches, and he's better, and he's more explosive. And mm-hmm. you know, maybe an explosive play. But I have trouble starting either of them. Okay, uh, Brissette. I'm giving a B grade two, and I kind of want to give him an A because he's you know the touchdown leader. He's had tough matchups, and it doesn't matter. He's just throwing touchdowns. But the Broncos are allowing the third fewest yards, fourth fewest passing touchdowns. Uh, the, the B for Brissett is the Broncos have faced Matt Moore, Mariota, Tannehill split, Carr, Trubisky, Minshew um, on the way to those defensive sl- splits. It's a tough matchup, but those aren't great quarterbacks so i think brissette can get it done i do too his main guy uh ty hilton's probably going to avoid christopher harris so I, I like him this week he scored five touchdowns in the five games that he's played the yards aren't exactly there because uh, brissette's like throwing him throwing to him 10 yards downfield right uh instead of his career average which i think is like 14 or 15 so uh, but he's still averaging six yards per game i'm still giving him an a the rest of the wide receivers they are splitting up so much it they, it doesn't matter. You can't. You no. can't start him. Don't chase Zach Pascal either. Here's here's the the, the always fun if else. Jack Doyle has a questionable groin. Mm. I probably could have phrased that better. You probably could have. <laughs> uh, if he does not go, I think Ebron's a C grade here. I think he's just startable. He might yeah. get a touchdown. Agreed. If he does go, if they both go, they're out. I'm benching them both. Broncos have only allowed one touchdown to a tight end this year, and only one touchdown tight end over 45 yards, and that was Darren Waller on a bunch of targets. Uh, Marlon Mack gets a B grade for me. Uh, Only one game under 18 touches for him, and he's averaging 21.5. Every 18-touchback against Denver, 90-plus yards or a touchdown, and or a touchdown. So so I'm giving Mack a B.
2: Tampa Bay taking on Tennessee. To understand the Bucs' prospects in this one, here's the first thing you need to understand. You can't run the ball on Tennessee, and... Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones are middling runners anyway. Last week, a better set of runners, Melvin Gordon Austin Eckler combined for 39 rushing yards against Tennessee. And... While the Titans are vulnerable to pass-catching backs, Barber and Jones don't catch. They both average one reception a game, so they're out and they're on the bench. That brings us to the passing game, where there's going to be a ton of volume for Jameis Winston because you can't run on Tennessee. In his three games with 37 or more passes, Winston has averaged an amazing 388 yards and 2.7 touchdowns. And if you're a little bit worried about Winston unraveling with the multiple picks, like he had the five picks last time we saw him, note this. The Titans have zero or one interception in 20 of their last 22 games. They are not a big turnover defense. So So I don't think Winston's going to have the multiple interceptions this time. And I like him. I'm giving him a B grade and a bounce back performance. I've got a B grade on Mike Evans as well after allowing three Wide receiver touchdowns over the first three weeks. The Titans have stifled opposing receivers, surrendering just one score to the position over the last month of play. Evans lines up all over the field, but he's got tough matchups on both of the outside spots. Adoree Jackson, Malcolm Butler, who have improved after some early season struggles. Um, He probably won't run from the slot that much because that's Chris Godwin's territory. Godwin's been awesome so far this year. But a tricky matchup against Logan Ryan. He's allowing a modest 47 yards per game in his coverage. He's only given up one touchdown, so just a B grade on Chris Godwin in this one. O.J. Howard has been ruled out if you are in a pinch. Cameron Brait is a dart throw. Hunter Henry just put up 97 yards against Tennessee. Austin Hooper put up a giant game earlier in the year. And Cameron Brait could be your tight end dart throw. And that makes a little bit of sense with O.J. Howard out. Let's go to the Tennessee side. We'll begin with the running game, and I don't like Derrick Henry here at all. This is probably his toughest matchup of the year. Very tempted to give him a bench grade altogether. The Bucks give up the fewest rushing yards and the fewest yards per carry. Get this, 2.7 yards per wow. carry. That's
4: nothing. That's crazy. I did
2: not realize. What's more impressive is who's they've done it against. Listen to the guys they faced. Christian McCaffrey, twice. Saquon Barkley, Todd Gurley, Alvin Kamara, and they're giving up 2.7 yards per carry. That's it. Now, they can get dinged a little bit through the air, but Derrick Henry doesn't catch. So, just a C grade on Derrick Henry, and really you're hoping for the touchdown plunge, and that's about it. And really, I ought to probably give him a bench grade. Let's go to the passing game Ryan Tannehill. We talked to you talked about him earlier. You take a chance yep. on me quarterback and yep. I've got a B grade on him so I'm I'm in lockstep with you. Corey Davis with Tannehill last week not season highs and targets and receptions. I love that part of this game and T- Tampa's secondary so bad. They've surrendered a league worst 204 yards per game to wide receivers, the fifth most touchdowns to wide receivers. Corey Davis draws coverage from Carlton Davis and Vernon Hargreaves on the outside. Those are both deep. So it's C favored. Davis versus C Davis. You're right. Nice. It is. It is C Davis. You know what's
4: the cure? It's, kind of, it's kind of like it's, the Lions oh, were yeah. almost. We'll get, yeah,
2: we'll get to that. Except Don't
4: he's, worry. he's ruled out now. So <laughs> well, then there's that.
3: Um, uh, AJ, you know what the yeah. cure for the Tampa defense is? Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> well, yeah, I the
2: case. Uh, A.J. Brown is usually only on the field like 50, 60 percent of the snaps. So I know it's not easy to start him, but the opportunity is so good. I think he's dart throw startable here for A.J. Brown. Again, Tampa allowing the most yards and all the touchdowns, everything else I told you about, uh, about Corey Davis. Most of that applies to A.J. Brown here, too. So you could try him. Uh, Delaney Walker has been ruled out of this game. Let's work in one more matchup into the segment. Seattle taking on Atlanta. Matt, what do you got for the Seattle side?
3: Uh, Chris Carson's getting an A grade. Uh, he's topped 20 rushing attempts in four straight games, all of which occurred after Rashad Penny turned to the lineup. In those four contests, he's bested 100 rushing yards in three, but only reached pay dirt twice on the ground this season. The Falcons have only allowed three backs to top 60 yards in seven contests. However, the Dirty Birds have reverted to their old ways of being completely submissive to receiving backs, allowing three touchdowns to backs through the air in the last two games, so it's coming back. Mm -hmm. Uh, Russell Wilson gets an A grade. If the Falcons don't sack Russell Wilson this week, they'll be the first team since sacks were recorded as a stat to not sack the quarterback
2: in five straight weeks. Think about that. That's how little pressure the Falcons are getting on opposing quarterbacks. To, you're going to be the first team in the modern era to go five straight games without a sack.
3: Not only that, uh, they're bottom 10 in rushing yards allowed to quarterbacks, too, so that bodes Oof. well for Wilson. Mm-hmm. Tyler Lockett gets an A. Uh, Lockett will, runs about uh, 71% of his routes from the slot, meaning he'll match up with DeMonte Kazee, who's allowed a 119.9 quarterback rating, and DK Metcalf was my take a chance on me wide receiver. On the Seahawks side, Devontae Freeman, will start with him. It's possible the devil went down to Georgia last week to possess Devontae Freeman, who took the field in the third <laughs> quarter and punched Aaron Donald, securing an ejection.
2: Who punches Aaron Donald? Yeah. What? What? Uh, who punches jeez, a helmet? Well, that too,
3: I guess. <laughs> jeez. Um, that's kind of Freeman's season in a nutshell. He's averaging a career-low 3.5 yards per carry. He hasn't scored a rushing touchdown since before the Minneapolis miracle. Oh, jeez. Um, see, Seattle's run defense has been a roller coaster. They're just a middle-of-the-road defense. But Edo Smith is out, so Freeman gets a C grade. Uh, A quarterback named Matt will start. If it's Matt Ryan, he gets a C grade. If it's Matt Schaub, he's a bench grade. Ryan's still nursing a high ankle sprain, but might end up going. Dan Quinn might force him to play because if the Falcons lose, Quinn probably loses his job over the week nine bye. If Schaub ends up going, he's got a 14 to 22 touchdown to interception ratio in his last 10 games. Really? And if Ryan ends up going, it will be with a big, beefy ankle brace and a suspect offensive line. If Schaub is the starter, you downgrade all of these wide receivers and tight ends a full grade. At least a letter grade. So I have Julio Jones as an A or a B if Schaub starts, and Calvin Ridley as a C or a bench. Slot wide receiver Mohamed Sanu was traded to the Pats earlier this week. Of current active Falcons receivers, Julio has the most routes run from the slot. Big-time slot guys Michael Thomas and Cooper Cup each had good days. Ridley has scored in four of seven games and topped 60 yards in three of those. But in the other ones... He's vanished. Uh, six yards, 32 and 30 in the other
2: contest. Yeah, he's, I don't like he's him very much all, He's very much all or nothing.
3: Uh, he gets Shaquille Griffin, who's the highest rated of the Seahawks corners, according to Pro Football Focus. And finally, Austin Hooper. He's getting an A grade. Hooper's caught 20 of 22 slot targets this year. Mm, so they've been really? running him out of yeah, the slot a little that. bit too. Um, that might help with the Sanu trade as well. So Seahawks have allowed the third most yards to the tight end position this season. And Hooper's been great.
2: Hooper has been great. Who to guess? He's, he's the highest scoring fantasy tight end in most leagues. Yeah, I don't think we saw that coming. Is, stu- is there any player you would take straight up for Dalvin Cook? If you were a Dalvin Cook owner, is there any player you would take in that trade straight up? I'd have
3: to look at the schedule coming up. But, I mean, McCaffrey and Barkley still come to mind. It, 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 I would have to really do a schedule analysis yeah. on that to make sure. I don't think so sure. for
4: me. I, I thought about it. I I, I don't think McCaffrey is going to get hurt or miss time or mm-hmm. even have his snaps reduced. Uh, you know, you can't predict that stuff, but he's playing a like, 99% snap, right? Yeah,
3: the which, thing about dangerous. McCaffrey and yeah, Barkley that not, I like is they don't really have anybody behind them to take touches. And Alexander Madison does take touches from yeah. Calvin Cook a little bit, so... I, I do like Barkley and McCaffrey a little bit better, but that gap is getting really close.
4: Yeah, they're all so tight. I I don't think it wouldn't. It w- I couldn't do it straight up. You'd have to offer me a little more.
2: Stephon Diggs. Even- Stephon Diggs just set the three game receiving record for the Vikings for most yards, took what? it from Randy Moss on Thursday night. Once Thielen gets back, do you think we get the old Diggs back, or do you think we get new shiny Diggs? We get this version. It's worth noting that they've
3: played junk defenses the last three weeks. So I, I think it's matchup based. If they're playing the worst defenses in the league, well, yeah, Diggs anymore, is going to be they've great. they already played them all. Yeah.
2: Although the Vikings still have the Dolphins on the
3: schedule. They get, they get the Chiefs next week, and that's not a great secondary. Well, it's a much
2: improved secondary. getting second, better. Much but it's improved not great. secondary. We'll talk about that one in a few minutes here. Coming up next, let's answer three tough questions. You can play along. Try to go a perfect 3 and 0 oh on Fantasy Football Weekly.
5: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables.
0: Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's L E E S A dot com slash iHeart.
2: It's Fantasy Football Weekly. I am Paul Jarchian. My co hosts are Matt Harrison at Twitter, on Twitter at Explosive Output. Scott Fish at ScottFish24. You at did Scott it. Fish 24 mm-hmm. on Twitter. Uh, boys, it's time to get in the grinder with three tough questions we traditionally start with.
1: Tough question
2: number one. Now, with the 49ers, will Emmanuel Sanders most often be a wide receiver one, a wide receiver two, a flex? or a bench player. Matt? You know, we always traditionally start with tough question number one. I'd like to mix
3: it up next time and go with, you know, maybe next question we'll do tough question number three. Tough
1: question number three. Now
2: with the 49ers, (laughs) will Emmanuel Sanders most often be a wide receiver one, wide receiver two, flex or bench? Uh, You didn't have to
3: read it again. Schedule is okay. Two matchups with Arizona over the next four weeks. He'll be a wide receiver one in those and against Atlanta in week 15. Other than that, I don't don't love the matchups. Carolina this week, Green Bay, Baltimore, New Orleans, and the Rams in the fantasy championship, which I feel will be like C starts. So I think he's a flex.
4: Okay. That's exactly what I had. I had a flex. uh it, He'll he'll be matchup dependent. I think that this defense and uh, the run game Shanahan likes to do, I know that Shanahan said this week that he wants Emmanuel Sanders to play a lot this week, and he wants to get him really involved. But it, there, there's going to be some growing pains there. Uh the defense in the run game, they they live off of that. That's not a lot of passing. Uh, Jimmy G hasn't topped three, 33 attempts yet this season, only topped 250 yards twice, only averaging one passing touchdown per game, and Kittle is the main guy there. I think I think it's a flex for most of the season.
2: Emmanuel Sanders knows the Kyle Shanahan system because Denver's offensive coordinator, Rich Scangrello, was Shanahan's quarterback coach last year. So he's running that offense. He walks right into this. He knows the scheme already. He's got to learn a little terminology, but he'll be able to hit the ground running as early as this week. And, you know, everything else in San Francisco is working except the passing game. Yeah. This is the one thing that's not working in San Francisco for an undefeated team. There's a lot of impetus to make sure – there's a reason they traded for him – They make sure that he helps bring some um, – some of the passing attack that they need to correspond with the running success that they've had. And it's not that Jimmy Garoppolo is bad. He's completing 68% of his passes. He is a decent, not elite, but a decent quarterback waiting for help. This is the help that's arriving. And if you look last year with Case Keenum as his quarterback in a much worse offense, Sanders was a wide receiver too. He finished the season as wide receiver 20 in the games that he started, the 12 games he played in before he snapped his Achilles. If he was a wide receiver, Two last year in that offense with Case Keenum, True. he's a wide receiver too in this okay. Kyle Shanahan True.
4: offense. But Keenum does does use this lot a lot. What was to say Jimmy Garoppolo can't? They've got all those. He's middling, from New England. I mean, they got all those came from
2: middling kids that right. just haven't yeah. panned out for yeah. San Francisco. Uh, it's right. been it's been frustrating. From all those hopes and dreams tough we had for the Question Dante number Pettis. two. Not like the meddling kids from Scooby Doo. Middling kids. Middling, okay. not meddling. Okay. George Kittle, speaking with the ball, staying on the 49ers. We rarely do the same team twice in our three questions. George Kittle has one touchdown in one game with more than 70 yards. That's it. Which George Kittle is closer to being the real George Kittle, the 2018 version or the
4: 2019 version? Scott. Stat-wise, it hasn't quite been there. But as a player, the 2018 version, he, if you've watched the games, he's made some great plays. He's made some really good plays. Uh, it's just that passing offense hasn't hit yet. And with Emmanuel Sanders coming, you know how we like to say, you know, rising tide raises all boats. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be better for Kittle. That one touchdown he has, that's it. Or it, That regression is coming. Positive regression is coming on there. And listen to their schedule. Against the tight end, Cardinals 32nd, Seahawks 29th, Cardinals 32nd, Packers 31st. He's got a couple tough matchups, but then in your fantasy playoffs, he goes back to Falcons 30th and Rams 24th against yeah. the tight end. Okay. So there's a lot of great matchups. So
2: 20, you're saying to the 2018 version is the real version? Much closer. Matt, what do you got?
4: I also have the 2018 version
3: because you need to remember that Kittle has had two touchdowns called back from penalties that were not his fault. One for illegal formation where his tackle was lined up too far back. One for offensive pass pass interference on on his fullback, Kyle Juszczyk. Mm -hmm. Add those 30 yards and two scores into his fantasy points, and he's the fifth best tight end in the league. He's tied for second in tight end touchdowns, and he's fifth best in yards. So, I mean, he's he's
2: fine. San Francisco played last week in basically a Hurricane Quagmire and only put up nine points. If you take, giggity, that, giggity. If you take that game out, <laughs> um, San Francisco is the number eight scoring offense, so the points yeah. are being generated by that offense. They just haven't happened to go through the team's best receiving it's, option.
4: It's kind of like the other week when we had that question about Hopkins and we said the tight ends kept scoring. Yeah. Then Hopkins finally got hit. Finally
2: Got it. So a positive regression is, in fact, coming for George Kittle. The 2018 version is the real version. He is not falling off a cliff, and I think we're going to see it soon.
1: Tough question number three.
2: Now that Mason Rudolph is back, will Juju Smith-Schuster most often be a wide receiver one, a wide receiver two, flex, or bench? Matt um, this one was tough
3: it gave me some temporal lobe damage which is on the side of your brain just in case you're wondering
2: I'm pretty sure that was
3: that's involved in my short term memory speech musical rhythm and some degree of <laughs> smell recognition what is that by the way Scott that is that you? No. Okay.
2: He's not the one doing playing, playing the music that you can't recognize, that's if that's true. what you're asking.
3: Um, I can rec- recognize that outside of that weird Duck Hodges game, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Juju has been okay topping 75 yards or scoring in four of the five other games. He's running 63% of his snaps out of the slot, which should keep him locked up with lesser corners the rest of the way. And there's a lot of good matchups for him, including Miami, Indy, Cleveland twice, Arizona Cincinnati and the Jets. I feel like his image has taken a hit and people are viewing him as a wide receiver two right now, Mm -hmm. but I think he has a good chance of returning wide receiver one number. So I think he's a good trade
2: candidate. Okay. But wide receiver one is your answer to the question. Okay. Just want to be clear on that. Scott is Juju Smith Schuster, a wide receiver one, wide receiver two flex or bench.
4: Uh, I'm going wide receiver two in, uh, in the, the three games where he was healthy he went 5 for 84, 3 for 81, and seven, 70, 7 for 75, scoring in two of them. The other game, where he was hurt with the toe, and, mm-hmm. and Mason Rudolph even said after the game, thanks to the wide receivers for stepping up with, Ju- when, with yeah, Juju right. Hurt. He played 20% sl- less snaps than normal. That was his bad game. His other games, 75 plus and scored in twice of them. Twice, scored twice out of those three. So I'm going wide receiver two. I think that's more likely for, for the rest of the season.
2: Yeah, Rudolph, I don't have a lot to add to what you guys had here, uh, Rudolph isn't half bad. He's played two full games and long parts of two others. He scored seven times in two full games and parts of two others. That's that's rock solid numbers right there. And you know, just watching him play, guy can play the position. I think he's going to be okay. And you know, the best the best receivers ultimately get fed, and that's Juju. And if you are a young quarterback like Mason Rudolph, who better to throw the ball to? than Juju Smith-Schuster. The only question is, is he a wide receiver one or wide receiver two the rest of the way? I just, you know, he's not been... I like Mason Rudolph, but he's not been Roethlisberger. He's not going to return wide receiver one numbers, but I think wide receiver two sounds just about perfect. Let's go to our uh, one more matchup for this segment, and it is... The Jets taking on Jacksonville, Scott. It's it's going to take a lot of guts to start Jets after the way things have gone, and especially last week against the Patriots. But the opportunity here is far better.
4: I know, and I told people to pick up Darnold for after the Patriots game. That's right, just
3: not for that. That's right.
4: I I think he's got an okay matchup here, but it's it it is a really tough start. Uh, I know that he had trouble last week. He looked good at the game before against Dallas. only but only one team has allowed uh or this sorry this Jaguars team has allowed 300 plus to both Flacco and Mariota. Mm-hmm. He'll need Thomas to be healthy and he might need to lean on Crowder if not. I have a barely a C grade on Darnold here. So yes, I, starting I, C grade yeah, on Darnold. Almost, I'm with you on I that. I almost want to bench him but I'm giving him a C grade. I'm trusting it and then I want to start him in a bunch of games going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh Anderson, oh, man
2: Robbie Anderson, assuming Robbie Anderson yeah. is it do, it does not trade it on Sunday morning. <laughs>
4: Yeah, Robbie, Robbie Anderson. I'm I'm probably also starting. It's going to be a tough one against Boyer. I'm giving him a C grade, mm-hmm. um, but he's going to draw some tough coverage with uh, AJ Boyer. I am. He will. I am probably benching Crowder though and Thomas. I know Darnold's going to get his yards, but it might it might be moved around and it might be some of Bell. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem with Crowder is his targets went from 17 to nine to five. Yeah. I know the average looks good, but he's— <laughs> right. that's right. The trend doesn't. <laughs> but the. Trend doesn't so I, I'm benching him and I'm benching Thomas who is hurt uh, Hernan maybe might not go but uh, if he does I'm I'm not starting him in his first game uh, Bell, Derrick Henry's game last year broke the Jaguars. Just in the last three t- three games, the Jags are allowing 158 total yards per game to running mm. backs, 5.8 yards per carry over the last Dang. three games, yeah. um, and that includes a Bengals game where Mixon and Geo combined for eight yards. How about that? So somehow the other two, the the, the Bengals off- Bengals offensive line couldn't do anything against them. But the other games, I, I have more trust in Bell than that. They've allowed 120 plus total yards to running backs in weeks five and seven, and with the Jets, it's pretty much all bell so uh i'm giving him a b grade there feels right yeah on the other side Minshew is getting the bench against the jets yeah the luster's just kind of come off He really has hasn't it barely thrown for 200 yards just one touchdown in his last uh two games he's he's basically mitchell trubisky now (laughs) that's great that's how he's playing how he's playing now uh the jets have only allowed six passing touchdowns in six games and three of those were tom brady so, wow. so it, it, there's not much work there for, but I'm still giving his main guy DJ Chark a C grade. Um, uh, Marshawn Lattimore did shut him down, but he'll get Tremaine Johnson, who just gave up a score to Dorsett. I think he might just get enough work. I'm benching DD uh, Fournette though, A grade here. I, like him I think weekend. it's a smash spot for, for mm-hmm. Leonard Fournette. Yep. Uh, touchdown regression is coming, and the Jets have allowed the most touchdowns to running backs in the NFL, allowing six different running, running backs to score. He's averaging 24.6 touches per game, but it's just the one touchdown. Top 10 and carries inside the 10, uh, but just two carries inside the five. If he starts getting that work, he's going to start scoring, and I think this is the spot.
2: Makes sense. This might be a good time to trade for Leonard Fournette between now and kickoff. Because I get the feeling that you're right. The touchdowns are going to come because of all the use and the success he's having everywhere but the end zone. Yeah. It's probably coming. Of course, the groin injury is also probably coming for Leonard Fournette, so there's that. Every week, you can play the Crush Charge Championship for free at Fanball.com. When you assemble a better salary cap team than mine, you get a shot at the week's prize pool of $1,000. But more importantly, beating me is how you get an entry into our Week 17 Championship, where you'll battle me for the $10,000 grand prize. Go to Fanball.com slash charge. We'll be back in moments with more matchups, including... The Giants taking on Detroit. Can Marvin Jones get even one of the four touchdowns he put up last week? We'll tell you when we come back.
5: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip.
6: Hi, checking in for...
5: Or the perfect table.
2: Football weekly returns. We're diving back into the matchups. But first, did you know you can play super flex salary cap at fanball.com? If you love starting two quarterbacks, go to fanball.com, play our salary cap DFS game.
3: Or if you love starting five wide receivers or four tight ends. Oh yeah, that too. Four
2: running backs. whatever yeah, so you, you got a lot of options. options. Well, we we want you to play the way you want to play. That's yeah. how it is at Fanball. Uh Carolina takes on San Francisco. It's all about Christian McCaffrey in a brutally tough matchup here. Niners run defense Not quite as dominating as its pass defense, but it's still very good. Opponents are running at four yards per carry. No back has stopped 87 rushing yards or 33 passing yards. I get the feeling McCaffrey's so good. Maybe he gets the 87 rushing yards and the 33 receiving yards, which would give him a 100 yard game. And of particular salience to McCaffrey, Niners ranked number one against running back receptions, number one against running back receiving yards, number one against running back receiving touchdowns with zero. Hmm. I got him a B grade on McCaffrey because I don't have the guts to give him a C grade because he's just so good, but it's a brutal matchup. All of the passing game is on the bench. Only the Patriots have allowed fewer fantasy points to passers than the Niners. They rank number one in passing yards allowed, 155 passing yards per game. They're allowing 0.8 passing touchdowns per game. That's it. And get this. I can't even believe this stat. The last three quarterbacks to face the Niners have thrown for 100 yards or less. Wow. Three straight.
4: That's insane.
2: How do you do that? It's it's nuts. So Kyle Allen and the whole passing game on the bench. Let's go to the San Francisco side instead, where things are a little bit more interesting. And beginning with the running backs, Tevin Coleman gets a B grade here. 49ers continue to lead the NFL in run ratio. And since Coleman's return from injury, he's the only Niners back with a carry inside the five-yard line. He will get the touchdowns that are to be had here. Meanwhile, the Panthers have been very yielding inside the five-yard line. They've given up six touchdowns on nine carries from inside the five. I like Tevin Coleman with a B grade. Matt Breida gets a C grade. He'll have to score from distance, conversely. And his snaps have decreased each week over the last month, which is troubling to me because Breida's good. He'll need to score from distance, as I mentioned. Both the Rams and Texans tandems had at least 50 rushing yards against Carolina, and maybe that's the case here. So maybe we get to 50-ish rushing yards, and maybe Breida breaks one. Maybe C grade. I'm Matt Breida. Let's go to the passing game. Last time we saw the Panthers, they were picking off Jameis Winston five times. Uh, Last time we saw Garoppolo, he was slogging through a monsoon in Washington and hadn't thrown a touchdown in two games. I think as your second quarterback, I like Jimmy Garoppolo. I've got a C-grade on him here with a low ceiling. Panthers have allowed 400 and three hundred and seventy-four passing yards the past two weeks. That's a lot of passing yeah. yards. So if he can get the repetitions, I like Garoppolo here, but he never gets that much work, and that's the whole problem for him is volume. Opposing every opposing quarterback has scored against the Panthers. I think he gets one ish <laughs> touchdown in this game. We talked about Emmanuel Sanders in detail uh in the in in the previous uh segment. Broncos were running a Shanahan-style system. I think he gets enough use here that you could consider him as a dart throw, but he won't be on the field every play. And maybe the bigger issue here is that elite cornerback James Bradbury could end up shadowing Sanders because why not? Who else are you going to shadow? And Bradbury hasn't allowed a touchdown and is giving up a passer rating of 42 in his coverage. That is nothing. So, in fact, you know what? Let's put Sanders on the bench. I'm changing my mind. George Kittle gets a B. Tough draw, though. He hasn't uh Carolina has not allowed more than four catches or fifty seven yards to any tight end this year. Panthers are allowing just three and thirty seven to the position on a per game basis. That said, Carolina isn't facing good tight ends, and certainly nobody at Kittle's level either, so maybe they can get something done after all. And I'm keeping him up as a B grade because George Kittle is good. The Giants take on Detroit, Matt. And Daniel Jones coming off a lousy game last time we saw him. Do you like him better here against the Lions? I mean, the Lions' defense hasn't been very good, and they did
3: just trade starting safety Quandre digs to the Seahawks earlier this week, so yeah. that bodes well for Daniel Jones, but I can probably still only give him a C grade. Mm-hmm. Um, I am giving Golden Tate the B grade in the revenge game, uh-huh. his first return to Ford Field. Uh, the Vikings receivers put up 207 yards and two touchdowns last week against the secondary. Tate has turned in back-to-back six-catch performances, topping 80 yards in each contest and adding a score in there. And with Sterling Shepard trending toward missing another week, Tate is in line to lead the way as the favorite target of Daniel Jones again. Plus, Lions slot corner Justin Coleman has allowed a league-high five touchdowns in his coverage this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wanted to see Darius Slayton go against Darius Slay oh, on Slayver, the outside. Uh, Slayton Slayride. Both Darius's, by the way. Yes. Um, but uh, it doesn't look like Darius Slay is going to go. In fact, I believe he has been ruled out. Yeah.
2: Um, and what I, a, It's a huge loss for that secondary Slay, by far their best cornerback. And you saw what happened with Stefan Diggs once Slay left the game last week. Diggs Ate that secondary alive the problem is is Slayton
3: only had two targets last week and I'm just nervous Mm -hmm. that he won't be part of the game plan Saquon Barkley gets an a in their last three contests the Lions have allowed an average of nearly 130 rushing yards and 44 receiving yards and seven running back touchdowns in three weeks dang Saquon, Saquon's going to eat this oh, week. Yeah. Uh, that that great uh, rush defense for the Detroit Lions is no more. Uh, forgot to mention Evan Engram, who gets an A. Lions have allowed over 100 yards per game to the tight end position over the last three weeks. I
2: don't think you forgot. You just saved
3: the best yeah, for last, maybe. Some A grades Mark there. The um, on the other side, I talked about J.D. McKissick as my take-a-chance-on-me running back. Let's mm-hmm. talk about Ty Johnson, who I'm giving a C-grade to. Uh, fair warning, the Lions aren't a good running team, despite Daryl Bell being there with carry on they only averaged 3.7 yards per carry as a group and only had two rushing touchdowns on the season and when carry on went on ir last year legarrett blunt zach zenner and theo riddick each had double digit touches in games over the final six weeks they went to a timeshare i think that's what's going to happen again if you're buying in on ty being a pseudo bell cow this would be a great place to play him as the Giants have allowed two lead backs to top 125 rushing yards in the last three weeks, but I'm not buying in that he's the lead dog here, so he only gets a C grade. Okay. Uh, Matthew Stafford is getting a B. He was dealing last week against the Vikings going yeah. for 364-4. Four four. Normally we don't advise you to chase numbers, but the Lions just continued to pass after on went out with the injury, and the Giants have allowed four different quarterbacks to top the 300-yard mark this season. I think Stafford's in line for a good game. His main target last week was Marvin Jones, who had four touchdowns. I'm giving him a B grade, and Jones' last four-touchdown game was the historic John Tuvey take-a-chance-on-me yes, moment ding, ding, in ding. October of 2013. <laughs> Maybe it's worth noting that he followed up that October 2013 game with a four-catch for 66 yards the following week, but it's probably yeah, not no, worth it. He will square off against uh, the Giants' best cornerback option, Janoris Jenkins. But Jenkins has allowed three touchdowns in his coverage this season. So Jones um, Jenkins
2: might... has been awful. He's just the best of the worst. He's the best of the lousiest. That's right. Kind of like the
3: common man, you know. Yeah. Um, Kenny Galladay, I'm giving him an A grade, though. It's going to be a big bounce back week for Galladay after disappointing two targets against the Vikings. He faces quite possibly the worst cover corner in the NFL. That's DeAndre Baker, who's already allowed 409 yards and three touches in his coverage this season. Both of those marks are bottom six in the league. Finally, TJ Hawkinson gets a C-grade, and it's not a really great C-grade. Hasn't topped four catches or 32 yards since week one. Yeah, remember the week one, TJ Hawkinson? Where's that that guy been? Uh, Jeez. It's been gone. The Giants haven't allowed a tight end score since week two, so he's pretty much a bench unless sorely needed.
2: Yeah. We talked earlier about some of the uh, tight end options you could go with. Cameron Bright is probably a better play in all probability. Uh, let's, um... Let's see if we can sneak in one more matchup into this segment. Cleveland taking on New England. It's really it's a must-win game from a record standpoint for Cleveland, which comes (laughs) at a really bad time because they got the Patriots coming.
4: Yeah, exactly. Basically, the whole Cleveland team is on the bench against the. uh, There is one I'm going to start, but against this, it's got to be Nick Chubb, right? It is. It is. Yeah. Mayfield, you'd only play if you're in like some kind of race to the bottom league, leading interception league. (laughs) Okay. OBJ is going to face Gilmore. He had 38 yards last time against Gilmore. No wide receiver. To face Gilmore has finished as a top twenty-four wide receiver this yeah. year,
2: and he shadows every opposing team. Any shadows receiver,
4: right? But Chubb, New England, very very tough against the run. Fewest rush attempts allowed. Uh, hasn't allowed a running back touchdown, et cetera, et cetera. But Chubb's getting the ball twenty-two times a game. He's probably going to be a C start on volume alone. He's going to make a little bit of something happen. Mm-hmm. He's one of the better backs. They probably the best back that they will. Have faced. That's true. Uh, on the other side, Brady, I'm given a B grade. That he's averaging thirty-nine pass attempts per game it's hard not a lot and they're never behind that's the funny thing that's what's yeah it's crazy Um, the the patriots never
2: need to pass ever and they're passing 39 times a game
4: yeah their offense is just always on the field because of that defense. Now that's part of it. Uh, Luke Falk is the only quarterback who didn't throw multiple touchdowns against the Brown. <laughs> Seemed to be bringing him up a lot. Um, so I got a B grade on be- Brady. Edelman questionable with the chest injury. Should go. Seen nearly 10 targets per game. So I'm giving him an A grade. Only two wide receivers had nine or more targets against the Browns. They both went over 100. Yeah. So I like Edelman. The rest of the wide receivers, especially now with Sanu there, I'm, I'm kind of benching. I'm not sure where it's going to go. Well, because- Greedy Williams comes back. Gritty Denzel, Ward, Denzel comes Ward, back. Ward comes back. No, that's, yeah, exactly. Also, that really changes things. Watson saw five targets last week, but I, I don't know if that's going to stay consistent. But the running backs, A grade for Michelle, B grade for White. I'm sorry. Guess who leads the NFL and carries inside the five? That's a stat. It's so league. gross. It's,
2: it's, it's only Michelle because that's the only thing he can do is, <laughs> is score from the one.
4: He's that's trustworthy.
3: Ugh, so gross. trustworthy.
4: Over the last three weeks, the Browns are the worst run defense against fantasy running backs. Second most attempts, most rushing yards, most total yards, and the league's worst 6.2 yards per carry over that span. Unreal. They've allowed four running back touchdowns over that span. They're still over five yards per carry on the season. And White... Uh, He's second in receptions in the NFL behind Michael Thomas right now. He's getting so much work—nine targets a game. So I have a B grade on him.
2: Yeah, I like that angle right there. That's uh, that makes a ton of sense. Our final topics are ahead. We provide you with three guys we believe will be hot waiver wire pickups next week that you will want to grab this week, whether you're ready for it or not. Premature speculation. Coming up next, Fantasy Football Weekly.
1: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my! Look at that! He is! And you will not believe where he's going next
2: Welcome back to Fantasy Football Weekly. Remember, all my player rankings available for free at fanball.com slash charge. And you can play against me for free for your share of our $1,000 prize pool in the Crush Charge Championship. Again, fanball.com slash charge. Premature speculation is probably the most popular segment on the entire show. Each of our hosts will provide a player who will be a hot waiver wire pickup next week that you will want to go Get this week, to frustrate those owners who are a little behind the curve, they're trying to pick that guy up, mm. and, and Blammo, he's already on your team, because you use the our time machine do, sound right
4: Do we there. need to say Blammo and do the time machine? Well, yeah.
2: I, I think that helps. Okay. You can, if you don't mind doing both. Feel, uh, a little Blammo time it. machine both. Right. Yeah. Uh, let's begin with uh, Matt. Who's your... Premature speculation player. Going back to Ted Ginn
3: again. uh, He's got a really good matchup this week against the Cardinals, which I might have mentioned before. So people might wise up to him if he goes off in this game. However, he's going into a bye week next week. So you might even be able to pick him up next week. That should suppress his ownership just a little bit, but after that, for sure,
2: his ownership's already pretty. It's
3: only nine point eight percent on yes, yes. So after that, he gets Drew Brees back, and then he has four straight quality matchups: Atlanta, Tampa. Carolina, then Atlanta again. Hmm. Plus a week fifteen matchup against the Colts. That's a fantasy playoff one there. Yeah. The Colts haven't fared well against the pass either, especially against wide receivers. So it's kind of a nice little speculative ad. I mean, if you could get Michael Thomas in a trade, that's great, but if you can't
2: all right. Ted yeah, you get pretty. Ted
3: Ginn's free. Ted Ginn's free.
2: Yeah. All right. Uh, let's Let's uh, let's go to Scott Fish, your premature speculation player.
4: Sure. I'm going with Jalen Samuels. He was supposed to be out for four to six weeks yeah. with the knee injury. He practiced in full on Thursday and Friday. Mm-hmm. He has Miami on Monday night, and if he does anything against Miami – Everybody's going to try to pick, pick him, up him up next That's week. That's a great point. And
2: hey, uh, by the way, the number two running back always does something against Miami.
4: Exactly. And James Conner, uh, illness week one, knee injury weeks two through three, ankle injury weeks four through five, quad yep. injury weeks three six <laughs> through eight. At, at some point, one of these might catch up with him, and Jalen Samuels might be your starter for Pittsburgh. So you get the All Miami right. matchup if you do it now. I like that. before people realize he's healthy again.
2: Earlier in this show, what did you tell our listeners about Gardner Minshew, Scott? Uh, he he's
4: starting to turn into Mitch Trubisky.
2: Yep, we're, he's pump he's pumpkining on pumpkining a on us right now, <laughs> yeah. right? Gardner Minshew is turning into Gardner Minshew. Yeah, Nick Foles returning to practice. Ooh. If you and now I, I know I know that if you're in a one quarterback league, you don't have to go all the way down to Nick Foles or Gardner Minshew. But increasingly, we're playing QB flex. We're playing in two quarterback leagues. Nick Foles has returned. The timetable is approaching right now. And if is going to continue to look like a backup, I think Nick Foles is going to be your starter before long. Nick Foles won a Super Bowl. Did he really? I would love to hear all about that. <laughs> I, I saw it. It was cool. Was it cool? Yeah, yeah. I, I watched that game too. Uh, a lot of people watched yeah, that well, game was matter, there. I was there. was there. It was You're, great. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, glad you enjoyed uh, yeah. watching the Eagles score in the Vikings stadium after the Eagles knocked the Vikings out of the playoffs. Oh, we got revenge on them last week. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that makes up for it, I'm sure. <laughs> Let's get back to our matchups, beginning with Green Bay taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. That is me. So get this. Patrick Mahomes is out of this game. But also for the Chiefs, out of this game, two, mem- two best members of their defensive line. Frank Clark and Chris Jones. Also, their starting cornerback, Kendall Fuller. Also, their starting left tackle, Eric Fisher. Also, their starting left guard, Andrew Wiley. I thought for sure those guys, the, the two offensive linemen would be back after the 10 days off. No dice. That has really suppressed the outcome and the, the of, of what's going to happen I think for the Chiefs, and I like the Packers a lot more. Let's start on the Packers side with this, where I've got a B-grade on Aaron Rodgers. Now, I know he had six touchdowns last week, and so you're automatically thinking, well, why wouldn't he be an A-grade? But as a reminder, before the six-touchdown game, in the 11 games before that, he was averaging 1.2 touchdown passes. It's very unlikely Devontae Adams goes in this one. He is doubtful for this game. So I'm still showing a little bit of caution here. Plus, Five of the seven opposing quarterbacks to face Kansas City have thrown zero or one touchdown. Five out of seven. Hmm. Nobody has topped 291 yards since the opener. I think you're going to have to make—it's a Sunday night game. You're going to have to make your decision on Rodgers before you have a final word, probably, on Devontae Adams. But you can presume he's not going to know. I think the game script here is also going to point towards the runners. And so just the B-grade on Aaron Rodgers, which I know is going to frustrate some people. Marquez Valdez-Scantling gets a B-grade as well. He's one of the fastest players in the league. You saw that long-distance touchdown, the 75-yarder last week. Um, I like his frequent matchup. Against stone-footed cornerback Bashad Breland. Scantling's a four three guy. Breland, a four-six guy. There aren't many four six cornerbacks even in the league. And also Breland, by the way, ranks one hundred first at his position by Pro Football Focus. Marquez Valdez Scantling. Also getting a starting grade geronimo allison why because kendall fuller's out that's your slot cornerback (laughs) so allison becomes a dart throw the backup behind kendall fuller rashad fenton you made that name a six round rookie with zero career starts so geronimo allison dart throw starter in this one Moving. uh, Oh, and Jimmy Graham, before I get off of the passing game entirely for the Packers, Jimmy Graham gets a B grade. Kansas City is allowing seven catches and 60-plus yards per game to tight ends. You take out last week's game against Denver, where Noah Fant dropped everything, and the Chiefs are allowing eight catches and 72 yards per game to tight ends. So I think Jimmy Graham gets in the action. You can start him as well. Now, let's go to the runner's who I love in this matchup, and they are going to run themselves to victory, I think, pretty easily for the Packers in this one. Aaron Jones with a solid A grade. I think I've got him as my number 3 running back this week. Even with Williams healthy and effective, Jones remains the lead dog in this offense. Offensive coordinators dream of matchups where you can get five yards per carry, and that's what Kansas City is giving up is five per carry. Aaron Jones has posted double-digit rushes in every game, and his use in the passing game is spiking sharply over the past several games. I like that as well. He has scored in five of the last six games. This is a great opportunity for Aaron Jones. But that doesn't mean you can't start Jamal Williams as well. I like him too. Often when Kansas City has been has faced a one-two punch of runners, both guys have gotten paid. Baltimore had two runners get paid. Houston had two. Indy had two. In all of three of those cases, first and second runners had solid fantasy days against Kansas City. We've seen Jamal Williams get these out of the blue heavy carry games. Kansas City again giving it five yards per carry. So why wouldn't this? Why couldn't this be one of them? Start Jamal Williams too with a B grade. With Devontae Adams out, some of you might be tempted to roll the dice on Jake Kumro or Alan Lazard. They split time between each other, and I don't think I want to go quite that yeah. far down. And I already gave starting grades to like 19 different Packers, so I'm not going that far. <laughs> All right, so now let's go to the Kansas City side. So Kansas City, again, they're going to be with a backup quarterback without their left tackle and without their left guard. So obviously everybody gets punished uh, in this start, originally at the beginning of the week, I liked LaShawn McCoy a lot more. But when I thought he was going to have an offensive line, and you beat the Packers on the ground, but I I gotta be I gotta show some concern here without without the starting left guard and tackle. So. Even though I think they want to get LaShawn McCoy going, and I think he'll get plenty of carries, and then the Packers are allowing the fifth most rushing yards per game, and they are also giving up five yards per carry. I can't get more than a C grade on LaShawn McCoy in this one. Um, Damian Williams is just evaporated from this offense. He's on the bench, declining snap and touch counts in three weeks, three straight weeks. So unless there's some kind of concerted effort to get Damian Williams going, you can't start him at this point. Let's go to the passing game. Matt Moore has uh, got a wobbly C-grade He's got the ten days lead time to adapt to the starter's role, and I like that part of it, but it's and it is an inconsistent Green Bay secondary. Three of the past four teams to face the Packers have walked away with multiple touchdowns. Cornerback Jair Alexander has allowed touchdowns in three of the past four games. You know, Andy Reid's an offensive wizard. I think he could coax a solid fantasy game out of Moore in the range of like two hundred thirty and one and one or two touchdowns. That sounds like about it though. All right, let's uh let's talk about the receivers. Everybody but Tyreek Hill is out. Uh, Tyreek Hill has scored in both of his full healthy games. He's averaging 77 yards since returning and his ridiculous speed makes him an elite option despite the massive downgrade in quarterbacking to Matt Moore. Packers slot cornerback is Traymond Williams who's 108 years old and here's Tyreek Hill. <laughs> I don't think he he's that's slot true. Receiver. No, it's, it is true. We've uh, we've checked the ID and um, so he he's a, just a beast start though with Matt Moore and uh, again all the problems with uh, the missing lineman. Travis Kelsey remains a uh, Startable, but only a B grade. He needs to block more with Fisher and Wiley out. Kelsey has been held under 90 yards and without a touchdown for five straight games, which stinks. Uh, Green Bay has surrendered only uh, just surrendered three scores to Oakland's tight ends. So there's that. Um, Zach Ertz is the closest quality tight end to face the Packers. He put up seven catches, 65 yards. So that sounds about right for for uh, Travis Kelsey as well. That was a th- that was a lot of talk. Beefy. Brian
4: is gonna get really mad that you. Call, I did, did not I call Darren Waller a quality tight end.
2: Yeah, that's probably true. He probably should be upset about that. Uh, let's go to Miami taking on Pittsburgh. Matt, is there anybody from Miami you want to start in this game? Mm. No. Um, I'm going
3: right. to do a lot less talking in this matchup. Uh, the Dolphins' running backs are on the bench. It's a stupid timeshare as Mark Walton got most of the touches and snaps, and he's not even good. Kalen Bellage vultured a touchdown near the stripe, and the Dolphins are trying to trade Kenyon Drake, so they may either want to feature him or hold him out of the game if a deal is near. One of the two, mm-hmm. who knows? Uh, and the Steelers held the Ravens and Chargers good backfields, to 100 total rushing yards in the last two games. That's 50 per game. Uh, Stewbeard, I know Scott thinks he's like the next Bo Jackson, but he's on the bench (laughs) too. And the Dolphins wide receivers are as well. Uh, Williams did see six catches, that's Preston Williams, for 82 last week. But Devontae Parker was the guy who saw the most targets and to score. And really, it's the Minka Fitzpatrick revenge game. That's what it is. I'm sure he's told the Steelers all the Dolphins' tricks and secrets. Oh yeah. Um, since oh, Fit- Fitzpatrick came on the scene for the Steelers, no wide receiver has topped 72 yards, and Pittsburgh has only allowed two passing scores to wideouts in that time.
2: Because you can't crack the Miami, uh, the Miami offense without <laughs> With, Minka without Vince inside Patrick. knowledge. That's right. Inside yeah. knowledge
3: from F- <laughs> Minka Fitzpatrick. That's the key. That's why they got him. <laughs> they they went out and traded a first round pick just for this game. <laughs> That's right. Um, um, James Conner, on the other side, he's getting an A grade. Conner should be pretty healthy post-bye week. He's facing a Dolphins defense that has allowed the most rushing attempts and yards per game, almost 140 rush yards per game to running backs, and our bottom 12 in yards per carry, rushing touchdowns, and receiving touchdowns. It's an all-over good game for Conner. Juju Smith-Schuster, I'm giving a B, and Deontay Johnson was charged take a chance on me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Juju's usage has been frustrating, especially with the Duck, Duck Hodges. Hold on. There he is. Duck Hodges right there. Hitting him for only one catch last time out. Luckily, Mason Rudolph is back, who threw two touchdowns to Juju in his last three games. And the Dolphins have allowed the most wide receiver touchdowns in the league. Vance McDonald. This is a guy that uh, we were kind of planting the flag in preseason as a guy who had a chance to be a really good player. Yeah. He's droppable.
2: I don't agree. I do agree. (laughs) Uh,
3: Since Nick Vanette showed up. McDonald has four targets in three games.
2: Well, he's been hurt too. And he had Duck Hodges as his quarterback.
3: He's only averaging
2: three targets per game on the whole season. I know, but all that I see I see it the opposite way. I think you get Mason Rudolph healthy and Vance McDonald healthy off the bye. And the, the connection's coming.
3: And Nick Vanette's there, though. Nick yeah, who cares? Is who the, cares about
2: Nick Vanette? He's the Jesse James replacement. That was the whole reason we liked Vance McDonald at the beginning
3: of the year because Jesse James was gone. It's Vance McDonald's ah, party. I'm not. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not his party anymore. It's Nick Vanette's party. And uh, Vance I'll, McDonald might be invited, but it's not
2: a very good party either. I'll but, cry if I want to. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's it. All right, let's go to our final matchup. I <laughs> thought maybe there was more to do nope. some punctuation to that. Uh, Oakland taking on Houston. That is our final matchup here. Uh, Josh Jacobs comes into this game hobbled, but it sounds like he's going to try to play.
4: It does. It does. It's not a great matchup in, in the fact that Houston has given up only two games over fifty yards rushing, and that was yeah. Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara. They're pretty good, and most of their yards actually came through the air. Both had seventy plus through the air, and that's not really Josh Jacobs' game. Even though he's getting mm. a little bit more involved, yeah. I'm still giving Jacobs a B though because he's getting nineteen plus touches a game, and if he if he's good to go, nineteen plus touches, it's gonna it's enough volume to get you something, and he's looked really good. So yeah. B grade there in the passing game. Carr was your uh, take a chance on yeah, player for a I lot like, of good reasons. I, I like Derek Carr, and because of that. I like Tyrell, the gazelle, and I like Waller both with A grades. I mean, Waller's Mm. a top five tight end. Uh, Hooper, Kelsey, and Ebron just had back-to-back-to-back double-digit fantasy days against against this Houston Texans team. It's Waller's turn now. Yeah. And uh, Tyrell Williams? All he's uh, done is score
2: touchdowns in every full game.
4: Yep, exactly. Four games, four touchdowns. Oakland is devoid of other receiving options, really. And Houston is kind of devoid of good good defensive backs. Oh, Ro- are they ever? Roby and Joseph both might be out with hamstring injuries, and Gaines was just put on IR, so they might have no quarterbacks. Yes. <laughs> How about that? Tyrell Williams is a great start he's this a week. Great start this week. I, I think he does. Uh, score by the way, I offered, I offered up a
2: trade to try to get him. I just think that to, to, because he's been out of consciousness, out of sight, out yeah. of mind, I think people have forgotten that he was a lock starter for those. First First four weeks with the touchdowns in every game. And the, the fact that the Raiders' offense has been way better than we thought they were going to be, I think this is a good time to buy low and maybe your last chance to buy low on Tyrell Williams.
4: Yeah. Really, I really liked him coming into the year. Uh, on the other side, Deshaun Watson, I'm giving an A grade to. Oakland is allowing the second most passing yards and the most passing touchdowns. Watson mm-hmm. is averaging 2.7 touchdowns and 302 yards per game. He, he's a QB1 this week. Might he's, be he's the my overall. One. He was yeah. my
2: number one ranked quarterback.
3: He's a QB1 this week? Yes. He's Just QB, this week? <laughs> <laughs> my, yes. <laughs> Next week, probably not. I'm,
4: I meant overall QB1. <laughs> yeah. yeah. uh, because of that, DeAndre Hopkins. A-grade. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Will Fuller, he did have that injury that we kind of mentioned in Three Tough Questions might be coming. Yeah. And uh, Hopkins came back. A-grade. B-grade for Kenny Stills. He runs a 4.3840. He's going to be matched up against Daryl Worley, who runs a 4.6440. That's terrible. That's as
2: established earlier in this segment, 4.6 is as slow a cornerback speed as you'll find. You know, yeah. Do they ever measure the 40s after, after the scouting no, they combine? Is, I, wish they, like, I wish they'd make those guys right. Right. run like, after they've yeah. been
3: signed. Like Kenny Stills year. is like five, six years into his career. No, it's more than that, it's, I, I think. mean, His 40, his 40 so,
2: has so changed is, a little
3: bit.
4: So has Darryl Worley. Worley. He's, Worley. Like, He's like four years in, yeah, right? That, exactly. So. <laughs> exactly.
2: He could be even slower now.
4: Uh, the Raiders have allowed 32 pass plays over 20 yards. That's worse than the NFL. So uh B grade on still C grade on QT he's going to get joiner who is bad in the slot this year since transferring from safety mm-hmm. uh but I'm not sure how the targets are going to shake out so I have him on the bench for the or no I do have a C grade I oh, look at a that C grade too. I do have <laughs> Hey look <laughs> you, at my You own surprised notes. yourself <laughs> I surprised myself but I did my research I had a C grade for him and somehow uh Felsnickens are on the bench though at tight end uh I have Hyde on the bench, too. I like Duke Johnson a lot more this week. He's I your take a, he take a chance. He my take
2: a chance I mean, running back.
4: Yeah. The only running backs to top 56 yards against the, against the Raiders uh, were both Vikings. <laughs> yeah, both Vikings. Other than that, no other game.
2: It's not like the Raiders are a shutdown run defense, but they're so right. easy to pass on. It's just yeah. the path of least resistance.
4: And that was 56 rushing yards. The receiving work, that's where it gets done, and that's Duke Johnson.
2: A couple of topics for you guys before we uh, wrap up the show. Lamar Jackson's on bye. From this point going forward, is Lamar Jackson the number one fantasy quarterback?
3: I mean, since Deshaun Watson's only a quarterback, yeah, one yeah, a quarterback. One.
2: I don't. I would not trade anybody for Lamar Jackson. No, there's nobody. If you offered me anybody, I would. I would not take anybody. I, I would think keep that's Lamar the
4: Jackson. Thing, same thing with the Cook thing. Like these are even players. Deshaun Watson, mm-hmm. maybe Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. They're even enough that no. Let's not make a straight up trade. Like there needs to be incentive.
3: Um, the the only issue I see is. I want to have a first-round bye if I have Lamar Jackson because he gets at Buffalo in Week 14. That is tricky. That's that's a tough, tough matchup That could be your knockout blow right out of the playoffs. Right right before that, he has San Francisco in Week 13. So if you're very secure in being a first-round bye participant in your Mm -hmm. playoffs, Lamar Jackson's great because he gets the Jets and the Browns in the final two weeks. Those are not uh, difficult matchups. But if you're going to be in a wild-card game and you're going to be relying on Lamar Jackson, I'm
2: a little nervous there. Is Marquise Hall? Hollywood Brown droppable, yes, no
4: probably not, but I kind of want to. He's right on the fringe. Yes. Yeah, you
2: say yes? yes. Yep, I'm it's, dropping him. Yeah, yeah right. I, I think In, he's in a standard too, league, yeah, I think he's he droppable. In
4: it, a like, standard league, definitely droppable. Like, dropped, like, like yeah, TJ yeah.
2: Hawkinson, we got fooled in week one on those yeah, two guys, I, I think. And he comes back healthy and he's getting we'll more see. experience and everything. Yeah. But, by the way, bye week and then Patriots. Yeah, you might be able or to get him back can get him back After the Patriots game. Hey, if you love this show, go to Fanball.com slash charge for my free player rankings, my free $1,000 our weekly contest, guillotine leagues, podcasts, contests, auctions. Hey, and by the way, many thanks to everybody who takes the time to rank and review the show on whatever your podcasting platform of choice is. We really appreciate that. Thank you for listening to Fantasy Football Weekly. Fantasy Football Weekly is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit
1: the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.